0: Podcast, I'm Charlie, I'm with Lori, and we're we're talking about so many things. Our last session was, if you listened to it, uh, if you didn't listen to it, it was with Lori's husband, Eric, who's been a dear friend of mine for a long time, and I uh, love that, so make sure you listen to that, but it, this one steers into some territory today that's so, so, uh, Lori, it is, it is right at the heart of why the gospel of christ is critical because christ hits our idols which Mm -hmm. are addictions that's our addictions come out of what we stick to and hoping to get identity from that hoping to get worth that's what an idol is right and so we're going to talk today about the eight addictions that will keep you from your best life and they have huge implications long term last last, you know the one thing I i was thinking about this last last time you mentioned in job 4 that the teeth of the lion have been broken. You know, he's mm-hmm. a he's a gummy he's a gummy lion. He just growls a lot. He growls. That's right. Uh, he threatens, but he doesn't have any death sting. An evil sting has been taken out by the resurrection, so he really doesn't have any power. And I was thinking about in John ten, he said he said the thief, the adversary, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Right. So you have this contrast. Of this God who loves us, who wants to have, wants us to have the full life. Have you know some translations, life more abundantly, not life abundantly, life more abundantly. More abundantly, right. So my cup runneth over. Mm-hmm. And then you have this this element, this adversary, this entity, that is about stealing from us, destroying what God wants to give us, and killing. The life of God in us. And um, so we want to talk about that today because one of the things we can't do is ignore the spiritual dynamic that layers the discussion about mind hope, about mind health. Right. Um, if you don't have the foundation of a healthy identity rooted in God, you're fighting an uphill battle right. uh, with regard to this. So talk about, just give us an overview of the eight addictions, Okay.
1: Okay, so these are the eight addictions, and they commonly get discussed, and you see them broken down, but these might surprise you as to what they are. I'm just going to rattle them off, and then we can talk about them. Mm -hmm. But the first one is complaining. The second one is comparison. The third one is procrastination. The fourth one is your phone, and we're going to talk about how your phone can actually hold you back. Uh, The fifth one is your comfort zone. The sixth one is multitasking. The seventh is quitting, and the eighth one is waiting. And I was reading through these and my son was listening to me, he goes, what is that? And I was like, it's the eight addictions that, you know, kind of will slow you down or can rob you of your actual best life. And complaining is one that we talk a lot about in uh, brain boot camp. And um, it kind of goes with comparison because with complaining, you're literally training your brain. To find the negative in every situation. Mm. Mm. You're training your brain to focus on what's wrong, or like my husband says, what shoe's going to drop. So it's like, if you keep looking for that, that's what you're going to find. Yeah. So one of the easiest ways that we talk about in psychology to break that addiction is to put a rubber band on your wrist. And every time you realize you're complaining about something, snap it. Mm-hmm. And then retrain your brain in that exact moment to find the one good thing right now around you. Because in caregiving, even when we talk about that, it's too easy to get caught up in complaint. Mm -hmm. But what is the one good thing that's happening right now? And I often joke around about it. It might just be that they decided to wear pants today. Well, let's just focus on that because that's a good thing. Because it's too easy to train your brain to go negative. And when you start doing that, everything comes in that way. And it's like the stinking thinking comes in. And we've talked about you know, capturing your thoughts and controlling your thoughts before. But this is a big thing. And I'm noticing it's like this is what social media is all about anymore, is complaining. Mm-hmm. If somebody pops up a video and they're just being honest. And right away, somebody starts the negative on them.
0: We, so our brains are wired to detect threat. Mm-hmm. So our brains are wired to see um, the negative that doesn't mean that's healthy. No, that is for if you see a bear in the woods. Run. If you see, yeah, exactly. But that's not a way to live, especially in the 21st century. We still obviously need to d- the detectors, the antenna of threat of, but it's just it, it has taken that wiring of the brain that is meant to preserve us, and it is taking it. And the wild horses have run, aren't they? Right. Because we live, to me, the two big things that we see spiritually is gossip and complaining are these two seemingly innocuous practices that are deadly right. to the brain. Yeah, it'll literally what, steal what ha- from you. Yeah, so what happens in the brain when I start griping and complaining? Okay, so when, I frame things negatively?
1: <laughs> when you're doing it that way all the time, the brain will literally let go of doing all the healthy things in your head because you're calling in all the negative. Okay. You can literally make yourself sick. I've watched people do it, and then I've watched people flip it and go the other way, that call in healing, that call in health, that call in wealth and abundance.
0: Lori, we now know this yeah, is literally I true. I know it this to be true. This is literally true. We I watched know. my mom do yeah. it with
1: a terminal diagnosis, and she flipped the script on him and bought herself another nine years because she's like, nope, you know, you know, not until the fat lady sings, and this lady ain't singing. And she just kept flipping it around to find the positives every day. That's not to say she wasn't living in perpetual pain. She was. Right. But she kept saying, as long as I feel the pain, then I know I'm alive. She flipped it. So it's like you don't have to focus on the negative because that's where the steal, kill, kill and destroy comes into play. Mm. You're letting him kill your dreams because you're looking at the negative. You're choosing to go that route. And when people say, well, I was just born this way. No, you were not. No. You decided I, to go that I way. What I love
0: about the rubber band thing is because it's been years of my my family. This is the way they communicated. You know, Now, now we live in this uh, you justify show, it. complaint culture. So we have these brain patterns that are just strong rootedness. We have to kill them. You can it, change slowly. it You can change it. You have a choice. You can change. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, let's you know start there. I, I think obviously the the big antidote to that, as you said, is gratitude. Just start when you catch yourself. Start listing. Find thing.
1: one thing. Why it, do you
0: why do you think? Because the one I the way I see this is that we're so afraid to be naive in this culture. Like positive people look naive. They look like you know you don't see the you don't see reality. No,
1: I can still see reality, but I just choose to look for the good in the situation. Yeah. It's like um, – well, we can tie that into the next one, which was comparison. Yeah, let's go to that next one. Because comparison is where you – And this is deadly. I see this all the time. No matter how good you've got something going, you compare yourself to somebody else. Now, you don't know what they walk through or what's going on behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. All you see is the picture they want you to see. The highlight reel. We put the good one out there. We're not going to put the raw, you know, unfiltered one out there. So then you start to get dissatisfied with your life. You start to have this feeling of inadequacy. You start to feel like maybe your goals need to be rushed along rather than taking the time to do it the right way. And you can literally this one I've watched suck the joy right out of people, right out of people, especially when they do this dementia walk, because they compare their person who has dementia to this one over here. And it's like, why are you comparing diseases? I mean, that's just, but they start to do that. They compare what they have or they don't have. And then all of a sudden, you know, the gratitude is gone because everything about their world
0: is horrible. Is that the antidote to this? It's just gratitude. gratitude. Yeah.
1: It's amazing because it will rewire your brain. It forms synapses neurons of happiness. It brings about releasing endorphins in your brain. So it's like what we talk about in the brain boot camp is that, you know, journaling at night before you go to bed is a way to kind of get rid of the complaining and the compa- comparisons. Mm-hmm. To write that mm-hmm. stuff down. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily say it out loud because when you say it out loud, your brain hears you say it. Mm-hmm. And anything you say, your brain believes. hmm so if you're going to have the
0: that... brain is always listening.
1: Always listening. So write that down and dump it. But then before you go to bed, rewire your brain to find three things of gratitude that happened today.
0: Moments of joy. I know, you know I've mentioned this before, but um, I, think you've, I think you've read Dr. Caroline Leaf, but mm-hmm. she, ta- she shows how if, if someone says, my mom was depressed, I'll be depressed. You're literally flipping that DNA on. You called it in. You you're, you're, called it in. You're, you're, ch- you're turning it on in your body. Whew. So, compare, it's, it's deadly, obviously, with the advent of social media. It is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Do not underestimate this, listeners, of how d- slow. It's a slow poison.
1: Yeah. I honestly believe this one was created by the enemy because no matter how good your good is, it's never yeah, good it's enough. it's never good enough. That's right. And it, you're only running your own race. You're only competing against your best self. You're not competing against anyone else.
0: I, You know, and, and I know Eric and I are wired this similarly, and I'm wired this way. I mean, I, I, this, I struggle with this one. I mean, I just—the other night, Sherry and I, she, we were driving separately to Austin and Mackenzie's house, and I thought she was behind me. And when I got there, she was already there. And I was irritated that she beat me. (laughs) (laughs) I think there was this part of me that, how did you get here ahead of me? Because in my head, it's a race. Oh, Isn't that ridiculous?
1: No, this is what we just talked about when Eric was here.
0: In my head, it was a race. Now I'm not speeding. But in my head, I think I've got the strategic advantage to get there. It's nothing. There's nothing wrong with
1: saying you want to do your personal best. Sure. But your personal best doesn't have to best somebody (laughs) else. Exactly. So you took your route and she took hers. You know, maybe she didn't have to stop and ask for directions because she knew where she was going.
0: I was was genuinely like, how did you get here already? She was sitting in the driveway when I got there.
1: She's sitting there. Procrastination,
0: which is so related to perfectionism. Um, Talk about that one, the third addiction.
1: This one is interesting. This is the number one reason why 99% of people never achieve their goals because they never even start.
0: Oh, oh.
1: They never even start. So now I am bad about procrastination, and I could use the excuse I come from a long line of procrastinators. However, and then I hear people saying, oh, but I do my best work when I'm rushed. Well, no, you don't. You just have convinced yourself that you do. So here's the five-minute rule, and this is great, and there's a whole book written on this. Take five minutes and pick that one thing that you don't want to do. Set a timer on your phone because this one case I'm going to let you use your phone. Set five-minute timer on there and just do it for five minutes. That's, That's it. Because the, the timer gets getting started. It's getting started. It's getting started. And when the timer goes off, quit. Now, here's what's going to happen. You won't quit. Because once you I get know. into the flow, your brain wants to compete and finish it. Yes. So now your procrastination has really stopped. really good. Because That's I have really kids good. in college, and they're like, I've got this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, just take five minutes and work on it when it goes off. I'll never get anything done in five minutes. I'm like, just take five minutes and watch what happens. Five so, minutes becomes 20. So if 20. you don't want
0: to write that, you're, you're, you've been wanting to write this article... And you just start by saying, I don't want to write this article because I'm tired today. And before you know it, what are you doing? You're writing the article. (laughs) You're writing the article. But you're
1: going to fail every time you don't start. So 99% of all your goals will never happen because you never even started them.
0: I have a a recumbent bike downstairs. And it's the first thing I do once I go downstairs in the morning. I just jump on that bike and Mm -hmm. put it on the lowest setting. And just start pedaling. And before you know it, my body's going, okay, we're ready to go. Yeah, we're we're ready going. to exercise. Five yeah, minutes. Because
1: your five minutes becomes 30 really fast. Uh, you and know. you'd be surprised how much you can get done if you just do the five-minute rule. Yeah. Pick yeah. it up for five minutes.
0: Um, phone. So this was big. <laughs> um, this, is, this is, again, like all of them, it's so connected to the dopamine reality, the pleasure center. Well, this goes with the red dots that
1: we talked the, yeah, about the in the last one. red dots last time. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you can't have oh, a red, red dot. feeling
0: of... Uh, you I'm know, missing something. I, you're missing something. And then I click that off. It just feels so good. Like I said, Eric Fleming talks about this in the player's box stuff with the parents. It's such a big deal. The phones are created to create addiction. Mm-hmm. They are designed mm-hmm. to create addiction.
1: So with the phones, um, this is one of the biggest things. It's breaking up relationships, marriages, families, kids. <sighs> um, heck, even our pet gets upset. She, we were all on our phones the other night doing something, and she looked at each one of us, started batting the phones out of her hands, and stood right in the middle of the floor and started you know, to wail. And I'm like, even the dog is tired of uh, not are having you a tummy. Ten- oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I said, my son going, maybe we're all on our phones and we should put them down. But when you're in a room with people and those are the moments that you cherish because you want to be with them, mm. but your phone is more important, yeah. you need to ask yourself some questions. Yeah. So one of the things about phone addiction and an easy thing to do is turn it off one hour before you go to bed at night and do not turn it on until one hour after you've woken up the next morning. And you'll be surprised how much you can get done and how much better
0: you'll sleep. That's really good. That's a really good suggestion. I have not heard that one.
1: Yeah. One hour before you go to bed, turn it off and do not turn it on. Do not scroll. Do not look for the red dots, Eric. <laughs> Ignore the red dots until one hour after you've been up. They're not going anywhere. They'll still be there. But they might add up. <laughs> they need to go.
0: They do build up.
1: They'll still be there in a few minutes. But just take The one... phone came to steal,
0: kill, and destroy, didn't it? does. It? I mean, like, mean because from the, the mind-hope
1: perspective, it's like how many of your phone numbers now can you recall? But yet I guarantee you, Charlie, you can still tell tell me your home phone number from when you were eight.. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you can't tell it's me half the numbers that are in that phone.. Yep.
0: Yep. So it's yep. not
1: helping you. It's I actually know. making life worse for us, because we're caught up in that. It's like if we talk about Night of the Living Dead, we'll just watch a college campus. Where's everybody's faces? They're staring down at their phone while they're walking along. They look like Night of the
0: Living Dead. It's amazing. It's unreal. If you if you watch it, it's just it is. Unreal. It's like it's
1: it's like you go into a coffee shop and everybody's on their phones, and it's like, well, what's the sense of community if we're all just you know. gonna sit here in our own little isolated silos? Yeah. So put the phone.
0: We know it's interesting? Because I, I I will say this one thing. I, one thing I'm good about is like I'm I'll literally leave my phone at home a lot of times and I just just to. Practice 1998. Isn't it great? I'm partying like <laughs> You know, there's no phone. And one of the things is the amount of people that'll get irritated with you that you didn't that you didn't text them right back. Mm-hmm. Like I have some people that'll they're like, "What are you What have you been doing?" Well, I just, Living. I don't have my phone all on me all the time. I just don't. I choose to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> it really That's why I said, put it do down.
1: That. Um, be with the people you want to be with because I work with people that are on the last you know five yard line of life. And the one thing they say they regret is not doing more stuff on their phones it's not being able to spend time that's with people so they love
0: think about the next generation mm-hmm. our generation coming into that Yep. We, i saw a quote last week i've never seen this that in 20 years the only people who are going to remember that you worked late are your kids yeah that's it yeah the people that you don't get points for that your phone the same thing's true right mm-hmm. you're, you're the only people going to remember what you got done on your phone or yeah. your kids who never had your I mean kids. it's just
1: like even like psychologists uh, are studying the reality of like when you see somebody fall into the middle of the street, rather than helping them, you get your phone out to record it.
0: Yeah. Um, what yeah. happened to human decency? Oh my gosh, yes, guys, I don't know if they could hear me. Do you remember the viral moment? His name is quote unquote the beer guy. Do you remember this from Tiger Woods Return? Do you remember? <laughs> oh his yes, t-shot? I do remember. That. And they did his whole thread on him. He was the only guy in the photo in the <laughs> I do remember. I give a tee shot. He's just holding not condoning, right? A Mick Ultra and watching. Everyone else has got their phones out. And they said Mick Ultra instantly captivated, like, took a hold of that event, <laughs> made a commercial, and it said the joy is living in the moment. Oh, yeah, live in the that. moment. That That's, That's so amazing. good. Because you do. You watch golf That's tournaments, mm-hmm. and all you see are people on their phones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Comfort zone number five. Okay, zone.
1: so this is where dreams go to die. Um the comfort zone is where we don't want to step out of that and there's an eighty five percent rule that we talk about in mental health is that um learning is optimized when you only have eighty five percent of what you need and then just jump forward. Take the mm-hmm. risk, jump out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone. Don't wait till you have a hundred percent of it, don't wait until there are you know, I'm afraid to take risks. Nope, <laughs> so, take yeah. the risks, jump out of it, get out of your comfort zone. You're not gonna grow while you're in your comfort zone. None of your goals will come to, to, not pass. Grow,
0: it's to die right yeah that's I mean, a biological you're stagnant yeah. you're going
1: to yeah, die that's right. so get out of the comfort zone because people are like well that's just out of my comfort zone great now we're living mm-hmm. because stepping into this new role that i'm stepping into that's part of it and i'm like okay i can do this just step out and do it i've got 85 percent of what i need i've got mm-hmm. an amazing team i can do the rest
0: that's so good
1: but you're not so going to grow because comfort zone is where dreams go to die
0: Multitasking.
1: All right. So I know that we like to brag about being good at this, but I'm going to tell you as a brain coach, your brain can't do two things and get them both done perfectly. And pardon my language, but if you're half focused, it's going to lead to a half-assed result. Yeah, You're not doing anything 100%. So if you're going to do something, put that timer on for five minutes and stay focused on that. Mm -hmm. If a child comes in and needs to ask you something, pause what you're doing and focus on them. But you can't do both things once. It's like a master of nothing when you're Mm -hmm. trying to do this. So Mm -hmm. it's like focus on the task at what you're trying to do and put all your focus on that in that moment. I don't care if it's just doing the laundry, doing it with your full focus. You know, just do it the right way. Because if you're trying to multitask and have a conversation, the person you're talking to doesn't feel focused. They feel like you're cheating them because you're only half doing this. And that is something that my husband has a tendency to try to multitask. I'm like, honey, when you're multitasking, too many things are getting missed. Mm-hmm. And it's important.
0: It's a bad, the, like our brains literally are bouncing. They're not, they're, they, our brains literally stress yourself out. two at one time, no. right? You're, you're, you're literally, and you're training, you're training your brain not to be attentive.
1: That's like why using your phone while you're driving, you can't possibly no, do it's, this. It's scary. And this is where accidents happen. You know, if you're looking down at your phone, boom, you're going to clip that mailbox or that child because you, yeah. didn't, you didn't see them because That's your brain's only focused on one thing.
0: the thing I fear. You so you're causing
1: stress to yourself when yeah. you try to multitask. Yeah. Focus it out. Block out your time and so give five yourself minutes. time. That that timer That's it. For five five minutes. minutes.
0: That's it. Quitting.
1: <laughs> this is not
0: I think this is an interesting addiction. Quitting.
1: This is, this, this is a big one. Um, so people, the only true way to fail is to quit. That's the only way. Mm. It's just like we talked about with Edison. He never quit, and he wasn't a failure. He just learned how many different ways of not to make the light bulb. So you can't do that because here's what I thought was interesting. You learn by staying in the game. If you stay in it long enough, it will put you ahead of everybody else. Just stay in the game, mm-hmm. stay do not quit, do not walk away whatever it is that you feel like you're struggling with don't give up don't quit don't walk away
0: so you you know you recently went through this huge career shift um, that you didn't ask for nope uh, did you feel like quitting did, was was there has there been a moment where you go because uh, we mentioned we talked about last time the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and you think about I mean, we did not talk in our session we had to do a session on on fluid intelligence versus crystallized intelligence. Fluid intelligence is innovation and creativity, right. but crystallized intelligence is the is the coalescing of all your experiences, yep. it's, wisdom. it's what we'll call wisdom. Wisdom really. Mm-hmm. It'd be such a tragedy if you quit now. Right. Cuz you have all this crystallized intelligence that's accruing. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about when you're talking about quitting, you know, it gets tough. To stay at I, that. You don't don't cash in these blue chips.
1: I had a mother who taught me that quitting was never an option. I watched her, you know, tackle some very serious stuff in life, and she never quits. So I don't think quitting is wired in that way. I always just look at, okay, there's a mountain in front of me. How am I going to do this? I can go over it. I can go around it. I can go through it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to quit.
0: You know, I think, and I think what's interesting about this is uh, we, we had that 10 years ago. Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, came out and the importance of grit and not quit – and then we still are getting a little bit of the reactive books to that. Here's when you should quit. And I, when, I, when I've seen those, and I've only in you know, a cursory ray read, read the, like, the reviews of those and the, some of the summaries, I don't think we need that book. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> <I just laughs> it's too easy. I know. I mean, we're, we're just a culture that it gets tough. We deal with it in player's box because a lot of the kids think, if I was talented, it wouldn't be hard. That's what they think so I'm going to quit because it's obviously I'm not talented. No, just try a different
1: route. Try a different path. Try a different different game. Try a different. But stay in the game of life. You can't just quit because it starts to build up bad habits. If you quit this and you quit this, eventually you're just going to quit everything. And you just stop living. And that's what I see a lot of the times with people who've lost their spouses and their kids are moved away. They just they've quit life and they're just waiting for death.
0: I know. He's. I've told this so many times from the from the stage that Warren Wiersbe used to tell about the pastor who had 16 years of ministry experience at eight different churches every time he got hard he moved and he put on his resume 16 years of ministry experience and Wiersbe said he had two years of experience eight different times right if you don't bust through that you have quitting to. point you don't ever really grow I always
1: think that this is this is your this is your test which is going to become your testimony so bust
0: through it don't yeah. quit yeah yeah. Waiting is the last one. All right. Talk about so this So
1: this, this one I thought was interesting because I had to I'm read about I'm not addicted this to
0: waiting. I'm addicted to not waiting. Okay, so I'm it's gonna, it's I'm waiting gonna, you, for yeah. the
1: perfect conditions. Yeah, it's okay. waiting until you have this or waiting till okay. the right time, the right time. And I remember I was just talking to a friend of mine. There is no perfect time to have a kid. There is no perfect right. time to get married. There is no perfect time to start a job. But then Jeff Bezos had this in his book that if you have 70% rule, take the 70% rule. If you have 70% of the information you need. Jump,
0: hmm. go. That's really good.
1: Because the other 30% will work itself out. Mm-hmm. 70% is all you need. So I thought that was interesting because if you're waiting for like some business deal or waiting for this, just go. If you've got 70% of the information you need, then go because there is no such thing as getting 100% of it right.
0: Well, especially in the market, if you wait to 100%, it's too late. It's too it's late. Just things are moving too fast.
1: So, yes, yeah, so quitting, so waiting and quitting kind of go hand in hand. It's quitting yeah, and then it's, really it's waiting good. until the right time. And people use that as a lot as an excuse. It's Mm -hmm. not the right time. It's not the right time. Like, when will it be? Mm -hmm. What are the 70% things that you need to tell me that this is the right time?
0: Which one? So for me, comparison is the one that jumps out at me. Uh, Which one jumps out at Lori Horseman? Minus procrastination. Really? I would not have known that. So are you a perfectionist? Yeah, I'm very much.
1: Very much. It It has to be done and done the right way. So now I've learned that.
0: So which part? So perfectionism has two parts to it, quality and quantity. I have to do it the perfect way and I have to do the perfect amount.
1: Mm, mine's quality because I do a lot of webinars and I do a lot of trainings and stuff so I make sure that I have all of my information and everything just right and I pal- you know, just pour over it again and again and again and now I'm learning that, you know what, a lot of what I say when I go into a room isn't even on that PowerPoint. It, it's just, it mm-hmm. comes out. Mm-hmm. So now it's like it's okay if it's not
0: 100%. I I'm I, I, We talked about this last session. I'm so big on many habits, like do one thing um in in the power of habit charles duig tells about lisa adams and this guy who couldn't keep a job was 100 pounds overweight chain smoker i mean, just you know and and her life just radically changed got a degree lost weight all this and it started because she she started on one habit She didn't try to work on her weight. She didn't try to go to school. She just started working on not smoking anymore. And that led to what he called gateway habits. Mm -hmm. So that habit leads to this habit change, this habit change. So would you say today, like as I look at that list, I'm looking at it right now, pick one. Would you agree with that? And if yes. not, why would you alter that? Yep. So find your three that are yours that you're aware of, but only don't try to work on three of them. No. Would you no, say that? Just one. Okay. Just work on one of those.
1: Because it does have a gateway effect to you. It it starts to feel like you can conquer, you can do, and then once you start to realize I am good enough, mm-hmm. then here comes the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And so and that's
0: the point about gateway habits is they 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 build momentum. Mm-hmm. There there is there is a a cognitive momentum yep that, that i would
1: tell you to pick the one that you screams at you is like oh yeah. yeah then pick that one because that's where satan's coming at you to steal and to kill and to destroy, to destroy. and that's it's right. all you that he's trying to take he's trying to crumble what you know is inside of you
0: Carlyle said that no man suddenly becomes base and that's the thing i think it's underestimated about this like alcohol is not on here drugs those those addictions they're huge They're they're significant but the thing that I think he does most often work with are these these poisons that the label that lead doesn't you to say that. warning yeah. poison, you know? It doesn't right. say that. It looks so innocuous. It looks so banal, so mm-hmm. harmless. But in reality, if you complain, you are stealing your joy. in other adversary. people's. in other people's. in other people's. And,
1: yeah. peoples. and yeah. you'll find yourself alone and isolated.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Lori, thank you. Uh, man, you bring some good stuff to this and um i hope that all you listeners you'll pick one and you'll just start working on that and use a rubber band and flick it on your wrist <laughs> until next time on mind hope this is lori horseman and charlie machen